go rebuild my church, which as you can see, is falling into ruins. These are the words spoken to St. Francis of Assisi from an image of Christ on the crucifix at San Damiano in 1205 AD. These same words inspired Peter Doan, the host of the program you're about to hear. Peter challenges all of us to rebuild, not the brick and mortars of our church buildings, but our personal faith and relationships that will rebuild and strengthen the church. Now here's today's program. Hi, I'm Peter Doan. And I'm Leslie Doan. And you're listening to the radio broadcast, Go Rebuild My Church. Each week in this broadcast, we explore ways to put into practice the words spoken to St. Francis of Assisi by our Lord Jesus and how this theme is relevant as we seek to bring renewal to the church today. Our passion for renewal was ignited when we came home to the Catholic Church 13 years ago, and that's when we heard the call to rebuild and joined efforts with many other renewal movements within the church. Now you can learn more about our journey home and our lay apostolate dedicated to renewal in the Catholic Church by visiting our website at www.catholicdiscipleshipministries.org. Our prayer is through the ministry of this radio program and our lay apostolate, we can provide pathways for you as individuals, your families, as well as your parishes to join the rebuilding process and experience renewal. Well, we want to welcome those listeners who are joining us for the first time. We are in the midst of a series that's near and dear to our hearts. Our series is the rebuilding and renewing of the Catholic family as the domestic church. Amen, Leslie. Yes, in these broadcasts, we will be pulling together the sacred scripture, excerpts from the catechism, the lives of the saints, and the teaching of the church as we seek to challenge individuals, families, and local parishes to rebuild and renew the Catholic faith here in America. We will discover that restoring the Catholic family as the domestic church will be critical to both rebuilding the Catholic faith in America as well as placing, and this is so important, Leslie, our families in the Lord's holy presence for blessing, protection, nurture, and stability. Oh boy, do we need that. Amen. Well, we've been discussing the family and the influence of Vatican II and why the perspectives of St. John Paul II and Pope Benedict are so important. And I've been learning a lot, Peter. Mm. We learned that Vatican II was instrumental in reinstating a vision of the family as the domestic church. Before that time, that concept had been lost, hadn't it? Yes, for over a thousand years, really. Well, following Vatican II, the family became a major focus for John Paul II. And in our last two programs, we spent some time focusing on the seventh and culminating foundation of the Christian family. But we're going to take a few moments right now to really summarize what we've covered so far, because it's so, so important. Yes, so these are the foundations which the Pope believed needed to be renewed in our Catholic families. And he's given us a blueprint, Leslie, for the Catholic family. It's so important. So let's look at those. Number one, the Pope said the family as the foundation for life. And in that, he said the parents symbolize God for their children. They make God real to the child. That's right. Parents are God with skin on it. Right. Secondly, we talked about the family as the source of God's tender love. And the Pope said the family has its mission to guard, to reveal and communicate love. Family is that community of persons oriented to the full development of personhood. And guess what? It does this through love. Thirdly, 
the Pope said the family is definitely the domestic church. The family is a church and minister, the Pope said, Ecclesia Domestica. Even though it may be at times messy, chaotic, noisy, and disorganized, the family is meant to, as the Pope said, be a living image and historical representation of the mystery of the church. Peter, that sounds a lot like our family many days. (laughs) Yes, it did, and does. Well, the family, he also said, is where parents become ministers of their children. And by virtue of their ministry of educating parents, through the witness of their lives, they become the first heralds of the gospel to their children. And by praying with their children, reading the word of God with them, introducing them into the body of Christ, they become not only ministers, Peter, but fully parents. The fifth part of that, the Pope's foundation is the family as the nursery of society and the church. He said that the future of the world, this is amazing, and the church passes through the family. The family was the key in the direction of history and its future. He took us all the way back to Genesis, but that mandate is still in place today. And that's so important um, why we need to protect the family. Yes. He also talked about the spirituality of the ordinary within the family. And both you and I really love this part because uh, Pope John Paul II explains how God is intervening all the time in just the ordinary common events of family life. Mm -hmm. And he really focused on family prayer, saying that family prayer is involved in such ordinary things as joys and sorrows, hopes and disappointments, birth and birthday celebrations, wedding anniversaries of the parents, departures, separations, and homecomings, important and far-reaching decisions, the death of those that are near. And all of these, he said, mark God's loving intervention in the family's history. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. Seventh and finally, the Pope said, families share in the mission of the church. We spent time on this last week, Leslie. It's the culmination of all the other six points. The Pope directs us to the fact that families share in the mission of the church. Right. That was an important and essential concept for us to learn last week. We spent time explaining just exactly what does this mean, Peter, for our Catholic families today? How can we share in the life and mission of the church? So talk to us a little bit about that. So the Pope began his expanded presentation of the role of the family in today's world by saying this, Leslie, the family finds in the plan of God, the creator and redeemer, not only its identity, that is what it is, but also its mission, what it can and should do. He said the future of evangelization, and this is pretty awesome, insisted the Pope, depends in great part on the church in the home. That reminds me, Father Mike, that we we certainly promote here in our broadcast and the uh, Bible in a Year broadcast continues to point out that he believes that the answer to the new evangelization is families sharing the gospel with families. So when we talk about this, Peter, how does it actually happen? How do we become a family that has an evangelizing mission? Because so many times we're just caught up in survival. Well, Pope St. John Paul II gave three tasks that the family needed to accomplish in order to become an evangelizing family. And here's what they are. The family's first task, he said, is to live with fidelity, working to develop an authentic community. 
He said, love forms the basis of the family. If love is the bond of the Trinitarian communion, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then by grace, love is the bond of communion between a man and a woman. And this is how the family represents and shadows the Trinity, Leslie, in the family. Secondly, he said the second task is to be constantly nourished and sustained as the wellspring of grace in the liturgy. That is critical to fulfilling the task. We keep hearing about the importance of going to Mass, don't we? Yes, we talk about it almost every week. And the Pope reminds us it's critical for the family to be renewed weekly at the sacrifice of the Mass. You know, we sometimes think of attending Mass in individual terms, but it is here that the family on mission is renewed. And finally, the Pope said, to fulfill its missionary mandate, the family must abandon, this is the third task, the view that it is more of a victim of the culture rather than a dynamic for change and sanctification. Well, it's time for us to take a short break now, and when we return, we will introduce the teachings of Pope Benedict XVI and how his teachings, along with St. John Paul II, lay the foundation for the family as a domestic church. So I'm pretty excited to hear about this, Peter. And listeners, please stay with us. You're listening to Go Rebuild My Church. This program is underwritten in part by Willie and Deborah Wood in memory of their parents, Woody and Joyce Wood, and Bill and Elsie Brooks. Catholic Radio Indy thanks the Wood family for their support. Learn more about the Catholic faith in a fun, exciting way. It's Catholic Challenge 2.0. Test your Catholic knowledge with questions like this. Who was the first person born in the Western Hemisphere to be canonized a saint? Was it St. Rose of Lima, St. Catherine Drexel, or St. Isaac Jokes? Answers to this and more with Catholic Challenge 2.0. Catholic Challenge 2.0 every Thursday afternoon at 4.30 on Catholic Radio Indy. Welcome back to our radio program, Go Rebuild My Church. Today we're bringing to you, our listening audience, an exciting and critical series of broadcasts. We're exploring the call to rebuild and renew the Catholic family as the domestic church. Now we've been discussing some of the historical biblical, theological, and spiritual underpinnings of the Catholic family, as well as giving you practical ways to rebuild your family as the domestic church. Okay, Peter, we now turn to Pope Benedict XVI, and he left us quite a legacy that will shape the future of the church and the family. Sometimes we miss that, that he spoke a lot about the family, didn't he? Yes, he did. Well, what's most important, Peter, in your mind for us to learn from this pope? So, Leslie, as we get into the key aspects of Benedict's thought on the family as the domestic church, I think it'd be profitable for us to discuss the significance of this pope's contribution to the church. He was a rebuilder of the church, which is the theme of this program. And since his passing away, he's been getting a lot of attention, hasn't he? Yes, he has. So, after spending more than 20 years as prefect, of the Vatican's Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith during the papacy we know of Pope St. John Paul II. It was then Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger succeeded John Paul as Pope following the Pope's death in 2005. Now, Cardinal Ratzinger became the 16th Pope to take the name Benedict, and he reigned as the successor of St. Peter until his resignation, which was, which was very interesting, on February 28th, 2013. His commitment to church renewal is the cause that especially links him and Vatican II, because central to his commitment, Leslie, are two completely driving forces, 
one, an updating of the church in response to the signs of the times. That was his first driving force. But then the balance, a return to the sources of the church's traditions. I think that's really an important point, Peter, for us to emphasize his commitment to church renewal. And really, when we look at his thoughts on the family, we need to keep in mind that the need for renewal is the prism from which he viewed the present state of the church, which included the place of the family. Yes. And uh, again, central to all of Benedict's theology is the basic need to encounter Jesus Christ. He writes about this in his first encyclical called Deus Caritas S, which God means God is love, which reflects on one writer calls Augustine's absorption in the idea of love. He said, being a Christian, he writes, is not the result of an ethical choice or a lofty idea, but the encounter with an event, yes, with a person, Jesus Christ. That realization, central to his theology, is basic to the passionate desire to know the love of Christ. In a previous broadcast, Leslie, we discussed the phrase that captured the culture in which we find ourselves, the dictatorship of relativism, which he coined. Benedict, at that time, gave as the antidote to this as well, an encounter with the person of Jesus Christ. And it all starts there. Yes. And as a young priest, Father Joseph Ratzinger played an important role in Vatican II. And although the council's documents were the work of so many people, right, Father Ratzinger had an important part in writing the dogmatic constitution on the church, which was called Lumen Gentium, which means the light of humanity. And this was a particular significance in that that document, Lumen Gentium, was Vatican II's theological centerpiece, and it provided the concepts for other council documents. Very important, Leslie. Well, as we mentioned, Peter, according to George Weigel, Benedict XVI and Pope St. John Paul II give us an interpretive key so that we can look at their writings and get a true insight into the heart of Vatican II. Uh, so George Weigel was very helpful. Yes, he was. And to appreciate Benedict's approach to church renewal, we also need to understand that he was a strong, had a strong Christological focus, which means he is Christ-centered. We love that, right? As in this quote from the book called God in the World, world and this is this is kind of a sums up his christological thinking leslie he says god is no longer just in heaven he is now also the one who is near us who has become identified with us who touches us and is touched by us the one whom we can receive and who will receive us to renew the church and family, he said, we need to renew our focus on a real encounter with Jesus Christ. I love that. I know. And I think he's saying to us that Jesus is near our families and he wants to touch our families, doesn't he? He sure does. He said, called to live a Christ-like love each day, the Christian family is a privileged expression of the church's presence and mission in the world. 
And that, he, that, that was a great uh, expression that he gave the church in the Middle East out of one of his documents. In this apostolic exhortation to the Middle East churches, Benedict opens up for us what he sees as foundational, the family as the domestic church. And we start by looking at the holy family, he said, and he directs us to look at that as a model. Well, I think... Um Pope St. John Paul II also directed us to the Holy Family. Yeah, that's a great place to start, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Benedict said, always look to the Holy Family of Nazareth. There it is. Always look to it, right? Which had the joy of receiving life and demonstrating its piety by the observance of the law and the religious practices of the time. So we can see that the Holy Family, first of all, was really committed to the law and fulfilling the law, right? Right. They presented Jesus in the temple. Um, They traveled to Jerusalem for the high holy days. Yeah, three times a year, right. Secondly, he said, look to this family, which knew anxiety when the child Jesus was lost, as well as the pain of persecution, emigration. Remember when they had to leave and flee into Egypt from Herod, right? And then the hard day labor that they had as a family, being a carpenter and a carpenter's son. Then thirdly, he said, help your children to grow in wisdom. This, this is really good as we look at the Holy Family. In stature and in grace under the watchful eye of God and of men. And he said, teach them to trust the Father. This is what we were supposed to teach our children. Trust the Father, imitate Christ, and let themselves be guided by the Holy Spirit. And he's referencing how Jesus was uh, in the temple uh, sharing, giving his wisdom to those. Uh, And then it says when the parents came, he obeyed them, he left and submitted to them, but also he found favor with God and men at this period of time in his life. Well, I think we can begin to see that Pope Benedict continued the vision of John Paul II in carrying on the idea of the family as the domestic church. Well, listeners, it's time for another short break, and when we return, we will discuss the foundations of the family as a domestic church according to the insights of Pope Benedict XVI. So please stay with us. You're listening to Go Rebuild My Church. This program is underwritten in part by Willie and Deborah Wood in memory of their parents, Woody and Joyce Wood, and Bill and Elsie Brooks. Catholic Radio Indy thanks the Wood family for their support. Alexa, what's the weather forecast for today? Alexa, what time is the Colts game today? Alexa, remind me to pick up the dry cleaning tomorrow. Has Alexa become a part of your daily routine? Then make sure that routine includes Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy. Catholic Radio Indy. Quick, easy access to Catholic programming 24-7. Just say, Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy. Catholic Radio Indy. You're listening to the radio program, Go Rebuild My Church. Today we are continuing to lay the groundwork for our series that explores how the Catholic family can become a powerful domestic church. In this last segment, we discussed that along with Pope St. John Paul II, Pope Benedict XVI continued to lay the foundation for the family to learn what it actually meant to be the domestic church. Well, Peter, where do we pick this up? What was the bedrock that this pope gave to us for the family? 
And Leslie, I'm excited to lay these foundations because after we lay the foundations, we're going to get very practical in this series on the family. And we're going to help parents get the tools necessary to build that domestic church. So to Pope Benedict XVI, there was a world meeting of families. It was the seventh one in Milan, Italy in June of 2012. And here Benedict articulated his vision for the Catholic family. So let's cover these key points for our listeners for the remainder of this program. Pope Benedict XVI said that the family based upon marriage can revolutionize modern society for the better. What a statement to say. He said, your vocation is not easy to live, especially today, but the vocation to love is a wonderful thing. He said, it's the only force, and it is a force, Leslie, that can truly transform the world. That's an amazing uh, it, but it takes a lot of work that the Pope said. I used to say in marriage prep when I was doing marriage prep in a local uh, parish that a sweat equity had to go in every day to make that marriage what God wanted it to be. Right. Marriage is simply hard work. Yeah. And the Pope used these hom- this homily to provide some advice. And here are the elements, he said, that build up a family life. Number one. He said, maintain a constant relationship with God and participate in the life of the church. Cultivating dialogue, respecting the other's point of view, he said, being ready for service and patient with the failings of others. Agreeing on principles of upbringing, that's important between a husband and wife, right? And being open to other families, attentive towards the poor and responsible within civil society. That was his first point. Well, what I hear the Pope saying is that we need to have good communication in our families. We Mm -hmm. should listen to each other and respect each other's opinions. We need to always be patient with each other's failures because we will all fail. And I think he addressed a really important point when he said that we need to agree on the principles of upbringing. Because in our experience, this is a major conflict for many couples. Yeah, that's a, that's a major piece in parenting for sure. Secondly, he said, the married couples are not giving each other any particular thing or activity. But he said, rather, they give their whole lives Right, they give their whole lives to the marriage. Yes, he said that this love becomes most fruitful in its desire to accomplish one another's good, as well as in the generous and responsible procreation of children, followed by, I like this, their vigilant and wise education. Well, early on in our marriage, Peter, we heard it said this way, that when we think about our spouse, we should always think his highest or her highest at my expense. And this was a guide for us. It really helped us navigate navigate all those conflicts that were trying to tear us apart. Yes. And I think it's also important to hear what the Pope's saying about being vigilant in today's culture. We can't let down our guard. Right. The third element that the Pope pointed out is the family life is the first and irreplaceable school of social virtues, such as respect for persons, gratuitousness, trust, responsibility, solidarity, and cooperation. He urged parents to transmit to their children, he said, with a serenity and a trust. And I like this, Leslie, look, give them reasons for living, the strength of faith, pointing them towards high goals and supporting them in their fragility. 
That's really good stuff. I know. I really love this part, especially his list of social virtues. And I think as parents and even grandparents, we really need to have our antenna up because there's so many teachable moments within family life where we can impart those virtues to our children. I mean, just take sharing toys for an example. That was a big one in our house. We daily had to navigate conflicts to teach cooperation and generosity. Right. The fourth element he gave us, Leslie, is to children, he encouraged them to always maintain a relationship of deep affection and attentive care for your parents and to see that your relationships with your brothers and sisters are opportunities to grow in love. Well, one of the ways we tried to foster affection and care among our children as siblings was to make them all attend each other's special events. Right. And they needed to be there to be a support to each other. And we would make that make sure that they were at key sporting events, recitals, Christmas programs, graduations, award ceremonies, you name it. We dragged the whole family. Yes. I really appreciate how practical the Pope gets in these areas. The fifth element that he gives us, he addressed the damaging impact that modern economic theories based upon what he called a utilitarian concept of work. Indeed, he said, the utilitarian mentality tends to take its toll, and it does, doesn't it? Absolutely. On personal and family relationships, reducing them to fragile convergence of individual interests and undermining the solidity of the social fabric. Well, we really see this a lot in today's modern family, where both parents are working and they find themselves distracted and busy checking their email from work all day long. And sometimes at night, they're just too exhausted to properly love and give attention to their children. Yeah, parents in the fast lane being driven by this kind of uh, utilitarianism that he says really can destroy the family. The sixth and last point, Leslie, he said Christian families can combat this trend by making sure they keep Sunday as a special day for the family each week. It should be a day of man and his values set aside. I like his list. What do we do on Sunday? Friendship, solidarity, culture, closeness to nature, and also, he said, play and sport. Dear families, he said, despite the relentless rhythms of the modern world, do not lose a sense of the Lord's day. It's like an oasis, he said, in which to pause, to taste the joy of encounter, and to quench our thirst for God. That's beautiful. Well, we recognize that nowadays um, a lot of youth sports takes place on Sundays. We see that with our grandchildren. Yes, we do. But you can still keep the Lord's day sacred by attending Mass and then making that sporting event a family time and then making sure to plan ahead so that everyone can gather around a nice Sunday dinner. I think that's right, and that fulfills what the Pope is saying there. Well, Leslie, it's time for us to pray for these things that we're talking about today, and let's go to the Lord. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we commit ourselves to you that we as families throughout this listening audience offer ourselves to become the domestic church. We pray that you would fill us with your spirit and fill us with these elements that Benedict is teaching us, starting with love and knowing you, that we might become all that you've called us to be so that we can indeed be a force to transform the world. We pray this in Jesus Christ's name, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.
Well, thank you, Peter, for praying for us and our families today. And we also thank our listeners for joining us as we seek to connect you as individuals, your families, and your parishes to the rebuilding and renewal of the Catholic faith here in America. And if you'd like to hear our past programs, go to catholicradioindy.org and you can access all previous broadcasts through the podcast tab on the webpage. And make sure to become a regular listener of Catholic Radio Indy. Goodbye for now and keep the faith. You've been listening to Go Rebuild My Church with Peter Doan. Podcasts of this program are available at www.catholicradioindy.org. You can hear the Holy Mass every day at 8 a.m. right here on Catholic Radio Indy, 103.7.